Hello everyone and welcome to Living Wakeful. I'm your lovely host and fearless leader, Aja. And today I want to talk to you about one of the main things that keeps us seeking. One of the main things that keeps us from realization. And that's looking for a goodie. How many of us think that spiritual enlightenment is another goodie? Another pleasure? Another another happiness experience another ecstasy or something some another goodie or pleasure for you to for you to get and hang on to and this is something i'm noticing more and more as i'm as i'm speaking with people um with regards to non-duality is and especially with this one friend that i keep having this recurring conversation about non-duality with um He hears it when I speak, while I'm speaking, but then as I'm silent, he goes into self-reflection. He goes into thinking. And what he's trying to do is understand it with his mind. He's looking for a piece of information. Uh, like I'm saying, this guy is very wise. And so he's, he's, he expects non-duality to be some sort of wisdom that he hasn't acquired yet. You don't need more wisdom. You don't need more knowledge. You don't need to understand something more. And I know a lot of us who are into non-duality are complete brainiacs, complete high IQ, that type of situation. For whatever reason, it just seems to attract those kinds of people. Um, And so we expect that through our intellection, that at some point I'm going to get non-duality. I'm going to understand it and it's going to feel good. That's it's it's a two part thing is. I want an understanding realization and I want to feel good. We wouldn't want enlightenment if we if we didn't think it would make us feel good. If we if we didn't think it would make us happy. We wouldn't want knowledge of of God or Tao or oneness or the universe or anything like that if we didn't think it would make us happy. Now, enlightenment is not happiness. Now, you don't get me wrong, you can have moments of exuberant joy. Uh uh ecstasy even um through 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 non-dual realization but that is only the outcome that is only the effect that is not the enlightenment itself the enlightenment itself has nothing to do with ecstasy i'm not in a state of constant ecstasy uh that's just it's not reasonable to expect that however you can have more and more frequent ecstasy for sure because you're just all that negative energy that would be pent up and holding you back from experiencing your natural state of peacefulness and and fulfillment is getting obscured by your mind activity again trying to lead with the mind instead of leading with the heart lead with your feeling nature go with what your body wants first and then and then try to rationalize and then try to help your mind rationalize what your body wants instead of trying to lead with your thoughts and then I'm going to I'm going to try to do what I think I should be doing that never works it never works so the main or one of the central things that keeps us from having having non-dual realization or or having lasting clarity after non-dual realization because it's one thing to have a realization and it's another thing to be clear about what what that means in your relative circumstance and how how that affects the way you navigate in your relative circumstance so 
again, the main thing that keeps us from this lasting clarity, even if we've had a realization, is we're trying to understand it with our minds and we're expecting a goodie, a reward. But this is the reward. This moment, everything that this is, is the most miraculous thing that could possibly, the most impossible thing that could be happening to you is happening right now. This is so unlikely. If you if you want to take that, this is, quote, a real material world, the likelihood that you would be born with all of your personal quirks and, and, and uh, idiosyncrasies and all that is just so incredibly slim. All of the events that could have had, if you really want to go with the cause-effect reality. Now, when you're awake, you understand that cause-effect is an illusion anyway. But if you really want to go with the cause-effect reality, all of the causes of... of all the previous events, all the unlikely circumstances that would have led to your birth. Of course, no circumstance leads to any other circumstance. It doesn't work like that. But to the mind, it thinks it works like that. So if you really want to believe that cause effect is real, then your birth is so very slim and unlikely. There's no, there's almost no way that we could, you won the lottery. You hit the infinite lottery to be existing right here at this moment. So there there isn't a better. <laughs> there isn't a more. We can now now we can adjust and we can tweak our experience once we once we recognize this. But what happens is if we get too caught up in a character who's looking for a better experience, we miss the fact that this is the best thing that could possibly be happening. We miss that completely. Because it's the only thing that could possibly be happening. It's inevitable, right? If it's cause-effect. Don't try to understand this too much with your mind. Just listen with your body. Listen with your senses. Listen with your energy field. That's who I'm speaking. I'm not speaking to uh, 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 an, an IQ. <laughs> I'm not speaking to an intelligence quotient. I'm speaking to a human being. I'm speaking to an energy field. Human being is a vortex of energy. That's what I'm speaking to. So trying to fit this this energetic communication into into the narrow the narrow confines of human logic is again is what keeps us from recognizing that this is infinity. This is the all. This is totality it's already this you don't have to you don't have to achieve it that's the next thing that well these all these are all kind of interrelated but we could we could come at it from this angle another thing that we could say that keeps us from realization it's all the same thing ultimately it's waiting expectation expectation of something big something good some knowledge or something like that so we could say another angle we could approach that from is trying to achieve this this isn't something to achieve you you've already been given it the most precious gift that could possibly be given to you this gift of i am this this consciousness this beingness that you are that everything and everyone else is has already been given to you fully what you choose to do with it is what you choose to do with it. And I'm not speaking to a character. The character is what you're choosing to do with your beingness. But, I, but 
I'm not speaking to a character saying, oh, what you, you could choose what you want in your life. The character has no choice. You are choosing the character. You, the energy, the life energy, the aliveness, the consciousness, are choosing the human experience. And you don't believe that until you do. And it's not really a belief anyway. Um, so we're expecting to achieve this. Expected to achieve non-dual realization, and if I just study enough, if I just meditate enough, if I just smoke enough DMT, pop pop enough LSD tabs, if I just take MDMA, if I just isolate myself socially, if I just make eighteen million dollars, if I just make eighteen billion dollars, if I just make one hundred and eighty billion dollars like Jeff Bezos, uh, if I just, if I just, if I just, if I just, then I'll get it that's what's keeping you from getting it right now or realizing that you have it right now what you're looking for the realization the infinite the totality the everything true nature what, what where would you find true nature if not here you want to find the true nature of this moment you're not going to find it tomorrow you're not going to find it after you become a millionaire you're not going to find it at the at the end of at the end of another bottle you're not going to find it between someone's legs you're going to find it here i mean you're also going to find it in all those places but when you find it in those places it's going to be here and now it's not going to be as an abstraction in your head of once i finally get it that's not that's that's the stream of continuous thought or as my teacher calls it or one of my physically living teachers fred davis calls it uh the bubble of self-reflection if you aren't experiencing quote enlightenment right now it's because you're trying to think about things you're trying to understand and i was watching a video on the Tao of happiness with manuel Schkosh. i still i rewatch and rewatch and rewatch things and just soak in the energy um and i have spoken about this in a previous episode but um <clears throat> He said something, and it, it's like these are little pearls of wisdom, pearls of grace that, that drop into your consciousness that perhaps you weren't ready for before. So you might hear something that a teacher says, and it just completely screens right by you. And then you come back to the teaching later, a week later, a month later, a year later, and you read the same book or you watch the same video, and then a, a new a new realization blossoms over the same thing you heard before new realization blossoms because you were ready for it you were ready to accept it so one of the little pearls of grace that dropped um dropped into my awareness that i had heard in the video before but then i watched it again a few days later was um Manuel I don't know I'm not going to try to pronounce that properly whatever his name is um, said enlightenment is the end of wanting to understand I'll say that again enlightenment is the end of wanting to understand you don't need to understand this to be it you don't need to understand this moment to be one with it. Understanding is something that happens in time. In order to understand something, there has to be a time before you understood it. And then now I understand it. And understanding is also something that comes and goes. It's an appearance. It's an energy. It's a kind of energy. So if you can get it or if you can lose it, then it's that's not enlightenment. 
That's not what we're talking about. That's not what's being shared. That's not what's being pointed to. Enlightenment is the end of wanting to understand. You don't need to understand this to be completely in line with it, to be completely adapted to it, to be completely effective within this experience. You don't need to understand very much. <clears throat> and this is where my logician friend, my my wise logician friend, um, he and I, he and I break rapport is he thinks that I understand something or that I should understand something in order to be spiritually awake. He's trying to get it, he's trying to get me to explain it within the confines of his logic and it just doesn't work like that. Enlightenment is the end of wanting to you don't need to understand this moment. You don't once you once you have a very basic layout of conceptual knowledge like I'm, I'm driving right now. I don't need to sit here and label everything in my mind to know what's happening around me. I know that there are cars around me. I know when the light is red. I know when the cars are stopping. I know when the traffic's stopping. I know when there's an animal in the road. I don't need to label these things in my mind. My body just responds to them. Again, I'm leading with the body. The body has its own intelligence. Call it innate intelligence if you like. So... I don't need to understand very much. There's the veil. There's the there's the illusion or the sense of understanding. There's the appearance of, of knowledge, but we don't actually know anything. Knowing requires a subject-object relationship. In order to know something, it has to be separate from you. And what we're what we're pointing to a non-duality is that nothing is separate from you there isn't an outside to this moment and you are this moment that's who I'm speaking to I'm not speaking to the person walking around in this moment listening to this podcast and thinking do I agree with this do I not I'm not I'm speaking to this moment itself and who else is speaking but this moment itself there isn't anything outside of this moment to speak to or speak from. And this is this is some of the absolute pointing that I wanted to do, uh, that I wanted to get to. I know I've been speaking a lot about relativity and dating and money and circumstances and things. Because those, those are also important. Don't get me wrong. Again, if you don't have preferences, you can't keep the body alive. So don't get me wrong, I'm still going to speak very much about personal experiences and preferences and brag about my little my little energetic victories, whatever that means. But at the end of the day, from the absolute perspective, what I'm speaking to is ineffable. It's empty. It's nothing. It's this moment. This moment doesn't have a shape or an intrinsic an intrinsic form to be in. It doesn't have a place to be. Where is this moment? When is this moment? Space and time don't make sense now. They only make sense when we abstract about them. Space and time are abstractions. But when we actually look at this moment, and you can't look with your mind, you can't look with thinking, you gotta use a different faculty. I don't know what a mind is anyway. 
but you got to use a different faculty if you're going to get in touch with this moment it's not going to happen by thinking thinking is an abstraction it happens in time if you want to get in touch with this moment you realize well where's my past where are all the experiences where are all the people i don't like where are all my problems where is this border between myself and my experience that i keep assuming is there and acting like is there Where's the border between myself and my experience at this moment? Can I find it? Who is it that's experiencing it then? Who is it that's experiencing it? This is pointing. This is just pointing. I didn't expect to talk about this. I expected to talk about relativity, but this is what came out. Again, I lead with the body. This is what the body wanted to be saying. I had plenty of little little pearls and gems of realization that I was taking notes on earlier today and I thought I was going to talk about those in the podcast today but this is what came up because I allowed my body to leave I didn't try to force force my body to do what my mind thought I should be doing which was talking about this issue talking about that issue talking about this that the other I just let the body speak And of course, saying I let the body speak creates this little strange duality as though there's an I that has the body. We could say the body exists within what you are, not that you exist within the body. But if you try to understand it within the confines of the human brain, you go, no, that's both. That doesn't make any sense. Of course it doesn't make any sense. It can't fit in your mind. Look at the vast... I, I challenge you to step outside and just try to fathom the vastness of everything that there is, the infinite. And then ask yourself... Can I really understand this with a three-pound piece of meat stuck between my cranium? You can't. You're never going to understand this. And you don't need to to be one with it. Oneness is not understanding. Integration is not understanding. So recapping a little bit, the main things that keep us from realization is trying to get it, trying to grok it in your mind. Well, grokking happens in the body, so I would have to say something like trying to comprehend this, expecting a goodie. Expecting a little treat, expecting enlightenment, expecting oneness, expecting realization to be a treat, a pleasure that you can have. And you can then you can just put it back in your pocket and go back about your life. And then when you when you need it, you go, ah, everything's oneness. I feel good again. Enlightenment is not a treat and it's not a pleasure. Um, and then, of course, trying to earn it. We have this sense of unworthiness to where we feel like we must earn everything that we that every blessing that comes our way and if we don't feel like we've earned it we'll shy away from it 
If we feel if we feel unworthy of something, we will shy away from it. And this is why we shy away from wealth. This is why we shy away from from any kind of any kind of joy or success. In whichever way we define it. Success is a personal definition, right? Your definition of success isn't mine. Although there might be areas where they overlap. And then we can talk about those common areas and perhaps work together towards it. But we can't expect if, if we live in this sense of expectation we're always going to try to be earning enlightenment we're always going to try to earn and achieve and light and attain enlightenment and that's just not how it works enlightenment is free everything else costs money oneness <laughs> is free and yet you might need this you might need to pay someone and speak to them in order to confirm your recognition, which is obvious that this is already it. That's all we go to teachers for. That's all we go to satsangs for. That's all we go to. That's all we pay hundreds of dollars to to have sessions with with great teachers for. All we do that for is for confirmation. We are not looking for information. We're looking for confirmation of. Oh, this is in light. This is what it is. Okay, cool. I'm already there. And then from a place again, from a place of already being there, then you can then you can act in the world in a way that's not so damn needy. In a way that's not so dysfunctional. In a way that's not so fearful trying to get somewhere or trying not to lose something. Those are pretty much the things that we worry about in this world trying to get somewhere better than we are and trying not to lose what we have and whichever pull is stronger is what's going to dominate our lives some people are more pulled by not losing what they already have and other people are more pulled by trying to get somewhere new and we all have we all have the balance between us and it shifts it shifts from moment to moment it's not something it's not like oh i'm one consistent character and this is my attitude towards everything it changes it changes Changes with the, the kind of people you get around. Changes what kind of circumstance you're in. But essentially, trying to hold on and trying to get something new. But enlightenment can't be held on to and it can't be achieved. It can't be gotten. It can't be claimed by anyone. It's just what there is. <laughs> enlightenment is just what, what's happening. I'm looking for the better oneness. I'm looking for this kind of enlightenment. I'm looking for the pleasurable enlightenment, right? That's basically what it is. If you can hear non-dual teaching, if you can hear non-duality, period, if you can hear this podcast and, and not shrink away or not get upset or not be ridiculously bored, if you can hear this, it's because you're already awake. You're just looking for someone to confirm that you're awake. And this is me telling you, you're awake. <laughs> Ta-da! Congratulations, you're enlightened. This is it. 
don't have to do anything for it. You don't have to earn it. We always feel like we have to earn it. We feel unworthy. Or worse yet, try to earn it after the fact. Some of us have had, some of us are awake and even clear right now, and we're trying to earn our enlightenment because we don't feel worthy of it. But it's not, it, it, it comes freely. Grace is free. This moment, what's happening right now is free. You don't have to do anything for it. That doesn't mean that you don't need money. It just means that you don't need money at this moment. You need money to abstract and to manipulate your environment across time. But this moment is completely free. Free in the sense of it doesn't cost you anything. And free in the sense of you can do anything you like at this moment. Only at this moment, though. You're not tethered to the you're not tethered to the effects of your previous actions or decisions. The beginning of this sentence doesn't influence the end of this sentence. The tail of a boat doesn't drive the wake of a boat. Just because I begin a sentence doesn't mean that I have to end it with the thought that I was having at the beginning of the sentence. I can forget midstream. I don't, it doesn't, the, the past doesn't have to be a continuum, doesn't have to be a pattern for this moment, doesn't have to be an indicator for the next moment. My physically living teacher once told me a story about, uh, Great Britain and World War II and they were they were in talks this was right before World War II and Great Britain was in was in peace negotiations with Germany and it, and he he made a very interesting perspective with which had to do with the past not being an indicator for the next moment you don't have to live out the effects of the previous moment. So he said, if you were an alien species and you flew down to Great Britain in whatever 1940-something year it was that, like, right before World War II, and right before they were doing these peace, or, or right before they were deciding these peace treaties or whatever. So you're an alien species, you fly into Great Britain right at 12, at 11.59, on the day that World War II began, let's just say it like that, 1159 on the day that World War II began, you would have seen a peaceful Great Britain. And yet at 12 a.m., I'm not good with those, a.m., p.m., whatever, it, it, was, it was the morning, or, or noon, let's say. At noon, they were making war preparations. 1259 or 1159 peaceful noon war preparations what the fuck happened in between i thought the past was supposed to be the end i thought there was cause and effect if there's cause and effect then peace should be the cause of more peace the effect the effect of a peaceful britain at 1159 should be a peaceful britain at 12 at noon So although it seems and it really feels and until it doesn't and then that's when you're free 
but although it may seem and perhaps really feel like the last moment is dictating what's happening right now, it doesn't work like that. This moment dictates what the last moment was about. Don't try to understand that with your mind. Your mind is going to try to put that into a story, again, back in cause effect, past and future. Listen with your body. What's happening right now determines what the last moment felt like. What you do right now is creating your past. It's not the other way around. It's not the other way around. When we try to live the other way around, we create dissonance and then we, then we can't figure out why we're not happy. Because you're trying to live in a cause-effect reality. You're trying to live, you're trying to live out the effects of, of the last thing that happened to you. And you don't need to do that. And so if someone yells at you and you get upset, you don't, you don't have to carry that into the next second. The degree to which you are able to let go of what happened to you in the last second is the degree to which we're free now. Do you want to be free now or do you want to be free next year? Do you want to be free in an hour? It's because we hold on to what seems to have happened to us before. I never found it before. I never found the past, but I have the memory of a past. I have the sense of a past. It's because we hold on to those memories as, as, a, as an attempt to, to, to create a sense of continuity in our lives, to create a sense of a story happening, something, something progressing, something changing, something growing hopefully in a positive direction, although we'll even take a negative side. As long as it's continuity, I'll take, a, I'll take a bullshit negative story too, right? That's what the ego thinks. It doesn't matter if the story is full of suffering as long as it's a story. It's going to hold on to the story because that's who I think I am. Even if it's an end. As a matter of fact, it's much easier to hold on to the boo-boos. It's much easier to hold on to the things that we don't like about our personality, about our body, about the people we're around, about our occupation, about our life situation. Those are the things that give us the most, the most identity. If you were allow your, if you were to allow yourself to identify as happiness, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have much identity. And yet that's what you that's what you claim to want. I want to be happy. Then something happens. Quote something happens. You drop all resistance. That's where the happiness comes from. It doesn't come from what happens. It comes from your ability to drop resistance to what's happening. And so maybe you get maybe you get into a situation where you finally allow yourself to drop resistance. You're laying in bed with your beloved at night watching a movie and and just you relax. You drop resistance. And then there's happiness and you go, oh, it was caused by laying in bed with my partner watching the movie. And then you try to do it again the next night and it doesn't work because you're because you're holding on. You're trying to get that goodie back. But the happiness didn't come from what happened. It came from your ability to let go of resistance to what happened.
So pay attention to when you are trying to live out the effects of what happened to you before. Because that's what keeps you trapped. That's what keeps you trapped in that limited identity. My unhappy story. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying get rid of your story. Nobody's saying get rid of your story. Just recognize that it isn't that it isn't ultimately real. It's an abstraction. It's a dream. It's a it's a it's a set of abstractions. But when you stop thinking about your story, where does it go? Where does your life history happen? Where does your life history go when you when you fall asleep at night? When you go into deep dreamless sleep or you have a dream, you have any dream, where does all of the real world that you were living in, where does that go? In your experience, don't ask your mind because your mind will say, well, it's there and then I come back into it. I leave this world and then I go into the dream world and then, well, in your is your experience that the world is there and then you're coming in and out of it? Or is your experience that you're here and the world is coming in and out of you? This is inquiry. And it's not gonna it's not gonna arrive at a logical conclusion for you. Just listen to the questions. Is your experience that the world is here and you are coming in and out of it with your consciousness? Or is your experience that your consciousness is here and sometimes you experience a world and sometimes you experience a different world and and sometimes you don't know what there is to speak of. And call that deep dreamless sleep. Timeless. I know I have a lisp. I know I'm lisping. I'm aware of that. Notice when you're trying to live out the effects of what happened to you before. And the reason you're trying to do that is because you're trying to get to a good outcome. You're trying to get to fulfillment. And you think the way to fulfillment is by fulfilling the life story of the character that I've been playing for so long that feels so real to me. Because I've been doing it for 18 years. I've been a, I've been a car salesman for 18 years. Obviously, I haven't because I'm 21, so I would have had to have started at three. But just, I've been a car salesman for 18 years. What else is there for me? Don't you just get up and leave and find out? What happens to that car salesman identity? What happens to that car salesman identity when you are sitting down having tea? Where's the car salesman? Or the insurance agent? Where is that when you're sitting down having tea? Where is your social anxiety when you're in the shower? Perhaps still with you. (laughs) Perhaps not.
Where's your racial, ethnic, religious, socioeconomic background when you're asleep? Those things are the things that appear and disappear. We think they're the real stuff. My, 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 my social class, my race, my skin color, my, my religion, my culture, those are the real things. And then I come into this world and I come out of them. But if you look in your experience, your experiences, well, sometimes, sometimes there's a a sense of, of being a Christian or Hindu or a Muslim. And sometimes there's just dreaming. I'm talking about as you as you move through different states of consciousness. Sometimes there's a Jewish guy here, sometimes there isn't. But you because you believe in what your thoughts tell you, you go the Jewish guys here all the time and my consciousness is is what's coming and going, but you don't actually experience that. So come back, come back, come back, come back to your experience. This experience is where the liberation is. This is what you're looking for. Alrighty, and that's going to do it for now, everyone. I do very much hope you enjoyed. Thanks so much for listening. And if you did enjoy, do remember that what you attend to, you amplify. So do amplify this podcast with your attention and the attention of those around you. Share it with the people you like. Share with the people you don't like. Share it with the people who you think could use it. Um, And do follow me on Twitter, Patreon, and Reddit, all at the name Aja Shanti. And I will see you guys next time. Bye.